In this episode of the OCR Underground Show, I'm going to talk about how to stay motivated when you may not have an upcoming race. I'm going to talk research on dealing with Achilles tendonitis. And then in my interview, I have SGX coach James Bailey on to talk all about Spartan Jacksonville. Welcome to the OCR Underground Show. Each week, you get the latest research, training secrets of top coaches, and everything you need to crush your next obstacle course race and finish burpee-free. Here's your host, SGX coach, Mike Diebler. Well, welcome to episode 72 of the OCR Underground Show. As always, thank you so much for joining me. If you want to check out the show notes for today's episode, head on over to ocrunderground.com slash episode 72. I'll throw all the links and anything else that is relevant to this episode. Well, I have to admit, I can't wait until I can start a show and not talk about COVID-19 or anything to do with that, but that's just how it is right now. And that's something that we're all dealing with. And not all together, depending on where you are, you're definitely in a different situation. And uh, we all have our own struggles going through this. Um, I do. Um, I was pretty excited this past uh, week or so. We were finally able to open my training facility, obviously with some restrictions. But just to get back into a routine felt so good, even if it was slightly modified and not exactly how we were when we left off, it's still that awesome step in the right direction to see our clients face-to-face versus Zoom or however we might have been dealing with their sessions. So uh, it was a huge relief. And I have to say just the amount of, of anxiety that seemed to go away was was amazing. And I hope that continues and, and we just keep moving in the right direction. If, if you're not able to do all the things that you want to do i hope it's coming soon and and we can really start to put some things behind us and just move on uh but spartan race is is back at least for now we'll see how that goes um i'm sure depending on what state you're in you may not see it this year um or maybe not for quite some time i don't think anybody can really say but at least it looks like some races might be back this year and while I wasn't fortunate enough to be able to make it out to Jacksonville, I decided to bring a guest on today where we can talk more about how it went, you know, what what the new race looked like and um, uh, Decafit and the trail race and, and really looking at everything that they did, how it ran. So if you are going to race this year, you might um, know what to expect when you, you head out there. And speaking of Spartan, if you haven't checked it out, they're running a pretty cool sale on their website right now. Uh, it is up to 70% off of certain items, so you can definitely pick up some some training gear at an awesome price right now. I've definitely been um, testing out some of their wellness products and nutritional products, and so far, so good. I, I do like um, what I've had so far. I've uh, done the Hydrate. Um, they're basically little little tablets that you, you take. Um, it's kind of like an electrolyte um, supplement you might put in your water. This is more of a pill that you would swallow that's a slow release uh, to give you those electrolytes throughout the day versus kind of a powder that you mix in your water. So uh, that seems to be working really well. And I do like the green tea. Um, so I've been playing around with some of those in my normal routine. But check out the show notes. You'll get the link and uh, it'll send you directly to the sales page where you can see all of the different items uh, that they have on sale right now. 
And also want to let you know about our other sponsors of the show, uh, Venga CBD. I've been talking about Venga CBD for quite some time right uh, now. Uh, they design CBD products specifically with the endurance athlete in mind. It's water soluble, five times more absorbable than most CBD products out there. Um, with all of the the uh, sitting and, and anxiety I've been going through, it has definitely helped me get through the last three months with their uh, recovery balm and their recovery gels, just helping helping with sleep, uh, recovering from workouts, and just dealing with all the stress that, that I've been dealing with. So if you want to check out all of their products, head on over to vengacbd.com slash OCR underground. And remember, if you use code OCR underground, you will save 15% off your order. And finally, we have Fitbar. Head on over to fitbar.strong to check out all of their really cool products. A lot of grip, Ninja Warrior, Spartan, obstacle course race training uh, type products with the different grip attachments. Um, I've really been loving that beater bar. It's something I, I stole from our gym and I was using it in our garage to really keep my grip, keep my training over the last three months. But um, they also have some really cool products, even a, a new suspension trainer that they came out with, a really cool doorway pull-up attachment um, that gets you a lot more elevated than most of those doorway products. And, and I'm tall, so if I need to do pull-ups, just hanging something from a door, uh, door frame isn't always a good option, but this one actually gets you a little bit above the door frame, which is really cool. Um, again, check out Fitbar, um, Fitbar Strong, Dot com to check out all of their products there. And again, use code OCR underground to save on your order. Okay, I want to get into the Inside Mike's Mind segment. We're going to jump right in. And it's been a weird, a weird time right now. And I think we're all going through it. And now some races may be coming back, but a lot of us are kind of stuck with maybe no races in sight and we're just not sure when the next one's going to be and if if, if you're similar to me i i really use race to race as kind of guiding my training and it's it's that motivation the knowing that i have a race coming up that i'm going to more likely to get out there and maybe do some of those things i don't want to do those longer runs those those hilly trails or whatever it might be and uh not having a race really makes that uh, more of a challenge, right? It's, it's, we don't have that external motivation. We're going to have to really focus on kind of that internal drive if we don't have anything really pushing us there. And then in also just, I use my, my work or my workouts and my races kind of go hand in hand. So I know based on when I have my next race, what type of training I should be doing right now. And, you know, I had 2020 all planned out. The calendar was set all my workouts, um, all my goals were, were there, and that is basically all thrown out the window now. And um, it's frustrating, obviously, and it's just something, you know, this is the hand we were dealt, and we need to deal with it. And a lot of people are, are struggling, and myself included, where we needed something, that's not there now, and it's hard to, to just start over, right? We did all this work, and we had everything planned, and now that's thrown out the window, so we need to find new ways to kind of re-motivate ourselves. And I think this is a common question I've, I've been getting and seeing online in different posts are, you know, what are you doing to help keep you motivated? So I wanted to share a few things that, that I'm using and speaking with clients about to 
just try and help get through this because we just don't know. We don't know when the next race is going to be where, where we're going to be doing the things that we, we love doing again. So we need to find a new plan right now. And I hope some of these things will, will help you out. So the first thing is you can make your own race. You can, you can set your own date. Right, pick that date on the calendar. Now, before we we had that date circled as whatever race we might have been training for, and it was a great excuse. It was um, I actually heard an interview of uh, Joe DeSena talking about what Spartan kind of what they were trying to do, and it was they were just trying to set that date for people, and that's kind of how this started. Where with Spartan at least, where they were just trying to be a really big accountability partner, we're just saying. You know, you can do all this stuff on your own for the most part. They were just putting the date on the calendar that made you go do it um, and kind of motivate you to, to, to train for it. So you don't have to have somebody telling you when that date's going to be. So try setting your own date. You know, if it's this month, next month, if you need a little time to prepare for it and just circle that date and figure out what it's going to be. It can be a virtual race like you're going to see all over the place. It could be just a 5K, a 10K a half marathon, a run, a workout. Maybe there's a really hard workout that you want to train for and, and beat a time or rep count or whatever it might be. So pick that date, write it down on your calendar, keep yourself accountable. And if you need a little help there, get a friend, challenge a friend to this. Say, hey, I'm going to train for this in the next month and I want to see if you want to train with me. Can you can you beat my time? Um, or can you just help me get through this if you're not as competitive, whatever it might be. So just remember you, you have control over that. You can set the date, you can pick the event, whatever is relevant for you and where you are right now. And now you at least have the date set. Now you have something to work for. Now you can, you can train appropriately. So that's, I think a great place to start. So start simple, start a 5k. You're going to see, you know, can you, can you set a 5k PR, um, in the next, you know, training for the next eight weeks or whatever it might be. So you can um, pick whatever makes sense for you. Uh, like I mentioned, virtual races, yes, it's not the same. It, it's it's not definitely not the same, but again, it could be that date. It could help you out and just get you something to train for, something to get excited for. Um, I know there's the 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 pleasure you get of you know crossing that finish line getting a shirt getting a medal all of those things having that beer whatever it might be afterwards so those are all definitely a part of the experience that we may not be getting right now but there's still uh some benefit to to doing these and, and finding a virtual race that makes sense for you and that that you want to be a part of or creating your own. So that's you know what I did, and I've talked about it on a previous podcast. I've so far done two virtual races that I thought were kind of fulfilling a need that I wasn't getting from other virtual races. I wanted it live. I wanted it to see other people and experience the the whole workout with other people. And um, I wanted you know clear ways that we can see winners, you know first, second, third, whatever it might be. So to keep that competition. So that's why I created mine. Um, if you haven't been able to join me for any of ours, uh, there is a good chance I will do another one. But in the meantime, you can check out uh, the replays I've made available, at least for the last one, for both the treadmill and the non-treadmill version. Um, I will put in the show notes, but you, if you head on over to ocrunderground.com virtual dash replay, you can uh, see what we did and kind of go through and, and that could be your date. You know, check it out set a date, train for it a little bit, and then you you can play the, the replay 
Uh, it's only 30 minutes, so it's it's a tough 30-minute workout, and you have a way to measure against um, myself. I let everyone know how I did when I did it, and um, also the others. You can see how far they made it through the workout. So all really cool options, um, but it's just setting that date. And if you do, and I did uh, mail out t-shirts to all the participants, if, if you want that extra motivation, you can find a local um, print shop, come up with your own design and make a t-shirt for yourself, go to the, go to the store, uh, get a six pack, and now you have your, your shirt and your beer that you can enjoy after the race. And the best part is it's the beer of your choosing. You don't have to um, settle for whatever's at the race. You can pick whatever ever drink of choice that you have there. So, um, but all this idea that that just find an event, create your event, whatever you need to do, set a date, and now you have something that'll hopefully motivate you to get through that. And then the last thing I wanna to touch on is just maybe change your goal. And I, I've actually talked about this on previous podcasts, but I wanted to just bring it up again because I think it is a, a good point to talk about. This is that idea that there's a lot of other things that we can be training for and even though we probably get a lot of motivation and gratification from doing some of these races, it's not the only thing that we should be shooting for. And there's plenty of other things that we can we can see improvements in. And this is what we should focus on. So is it something like uh, improving a, a particular exercise, trying to get stronger, trying to build a little bit of muscle, um, trying to uh, perform a specific task. Uh, I've mentioned like doing a handstand or, or something like that. So, or, or maybe it's more of like medical, like just health reasons, like just getting pain-free or just uh, improving uh, blood markers or, or whatever it might be. But there's so many different things that we can be training for and we should be training for. Um, so just having that little shift in focus where, okay, it's okay, there's, there's no race, but maybe it's like, you know what? I've always wanted to put on a little bit more muscle and maybe that's my focus so now i'm gonna set my standard set my baseline where i am right now and then put a program together based off of that and, and see if i can make improvements and again set an end date say the next month the next three months whatever it might be but pick some of those other goals and it doesn't have to be a total shift and a complete abandonment in what you're currently doing but maybe just a little bit of a shift in focus so um, hopefully that at least gives you some ideas on some things that you can be looking at. So, you know, coming up with your own races or, or virtual races or challenges, or again, just set a date, circle the date on the calendar, pick a goal, go for it. And, and, or just realizing, Hey, you know what? My training is no longer specifically involved for racing. It's for another emphasis. Um, or you're just like, you know what? I'm going to keep training for whenever race day happens. And, um, I'm just going to keep going. If that if that is enough to motivate you, I just know for some people it's a little bit harder now without that actual date. So um, hopefully that gives you a few ideas that you can start looking at your programming a little bit differently. All right, well, let's look at some research. I have a really good one, especially if you've ever dealt with or maybe are currently dealing with Achilles issues like Achilles tendonitis. So I found um, a really interesting study, and I love when, when I see studies like this, where they basically look at a group of people that are suffering from some kind of injury or issue and compare them to those that uh, don't have that issue and then they kind of see well what's the difference maybe this will give us some insight on 
what's going on with those that are getting injured or is there something that they have in common there and that's what they did in this study they wanted to look at the tricep surrey which is a fancy way of saying the calf muscles and see if there was a difference in the muscles of the calf and the activation and force distribution in those that have Achilles tendinopathy or, or a tendon issue and those that don't. So that's what they did. They took 21 people that were currently suffering from some type of tendinopathy, which, you know, think like tendonitis or something like that. There's something going on, pain with the Achilles tendon. And then they took 21 people as the control group. So these people had no, no issues, no, at least no known pain uh, from this. And they wanted to look at how was the force uh, going through the triceps different, uh, excuse me, triceps surrey, um, which is uh, the, the calves. So how is the force being distributed differently, if at all, in those with tendon issues and those that do not? And they found some really interesting things after they had them perform a, a few different exercises and wanted to see uh, the different muscles that were active and, and how they um, how they use them during some of these uh, activities like, you know, plantar flexion, like standing up on your toes, uh, like a heel lift, uh, an exercise that the calves are, are going to be heavily, heavily uh, active in. What they found was, and maybe I should break this down, when we, when we say calves, we are talking about a group of different muscles. We have uh, the gastrocnemius and we have the soleus, and we hear that term triceps surrey. Um, just like we have uh, triceps brachii, like the ones in our arm, because there's three heads to that muscle. And they activate differently depending on what's going on there. And what they found was one of the heads of the triceps surrey or the, the, that calf muscle, the gastroc lateralis, so the lateral gastroc head of the, the calf muscle, they found in those that were suffering from tendon issues, it was 8.5% smaller, had smaller cross-sectional area, just meaning it was smaller, not as big, uh, as those who didn't have Achilles issues. And they found that it was 24.7% less active. When they, when they tried to activate it, it, it couldn't activate as much. And in the terms of overall contribution of force, um, it was 28% less um, uh, contributing to the total force of the calf muscles. So I just found that really interesting. So they found that the, in particular, the, the lateral head of the gastroc or the, the calf muscles, that would be like the outside of your calf muscle, um, was smaller. It wasn't able to contract as much and it was contributing to less force. So really interesting that there is essentially a muscle imbalance occurring that um, was commonly found in those that were suffering from Achilles issues. Now, here's the hard part when we draw conclusions from this. Is that because they're in pain and now that's how they are moving and that's a compensation they've made? Or is that uh, a cause of their, their issues? And that, unfortunately, we can't answer with this. But I think there's some things we can take away that at least give us some insight here. Now, one of the biggest things I see when working with people and evaluating running uh, that often I can see an impact on the Achilles is when running, we see that foot turning out. So every time that foot hits the ground, we see it's rotated out. It's interesting when, when we see this, you can just see if you were to watch somebody run and turn their feet out 
and you just watch what the Achilles does during this. It, it puts a lot of stress on the Achilles and you can just see that it's not, even if you have no expert way to analyze, uh, analyze, analyze uh, somebody's running form and really have no idea what you're doing and you just look at it, you'd be like, huh, that looks weird if you'd watch somebody run in slow motion and you would see that that's just not a, doesn't look good and, and probably not a good position to put the ankle and the Achilles in. So I bring that up because there's other research showing that when the feet are turned out, you might see this when people are trying to train their calves and they might turn their feet out, turn their feet in and, and do their calf raises. Um, there's some research showing that when you turn your feet out, the gastrocnemius um, medialis, the, the, uh, the other side of the gastroc is much more active, meaning the, the lateral side, the outside is going to be less active. So this is, I, I think this is interesting because it, it looks like when you're running with those feet turned out, you are creating a muscle imbalance and you're uh, decreasing the impact and the effect that the, 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 the lateral side of the calf can contribute. And if you do this over and over and over again, you're going to create a bigger and bigger muscle imbalance. And now the calves are directly attached to the Achilles tendon. So now you have one side pulling and engaging a little bit more than the other. And now we don't have balance there. And anytime you have an imbalance around a joint, it causes issues. There's, there's not an equal way to distribute force. One area is going to be taking much more impact over and over and over again. And then that's where we're going to see some issues develop. So I think the big takeaway from this is one, just pay attention to how you walk, how you run, um, how you, you, do certain exercises and certain movements. And if you see you don't have much control of those feet and they're always turning out, that might be an issue that you want to start working on. And a simple drill of just running and kind of looking down and peeking at what your toes are doing, they should be relatively straight. And you, sh you might see one side really turning out or maybe even both sides. And um, that could be causing some, some issues there. So really making sure we're, we're paying attention to what the feet are doing while you're running, while you're walking, jumping, things like that. Not that your feet can never turn out ever, but it's just something you, you don't want to be doing excessively all the time. Uh, and it's also saying you probably need to work on a little bit of ankle mobility too, because that usually contributes to those feet turning out. That's a, that's a common compensations when the ankles aren't mobile, you'll start to see people squat with their toes excessively turned out and, and have a really hard time when you try and uh, get those feet a little bit more parallel to each other. So uh, pay attention. See if you if you do uh, often have Achilles issues, trying to make some of these changes might might really help you out. And even if you don't, it's a good thing. It's not something that you want to you don't want to go down that road at all. So pay attention to make sure that the more you run, the more you're doing some of these things, you're not putting more and more force onto the wrong areas. All right, well, it is time for our interview for this episode. And today I have on SGX coach, James Bailey. How are you doing today? Good, how are you coach? Uh, I'm doing awesome. Thank you so much for joining. Um, I've been seeing your posts on Facebook about you racing in Jacksonville. So I've been super jealous and <laughs> uh, wanted to get you on uh, and kind of go through everything on, on how the, the weekend went and, and all that good stuff. But before we get into it, if, uh, if you could just let our listeners know just a little bit more about you, 
kind of what you do and how you kind of got into all the, the Spartan racing and, and OCR racing. Okay. Well, I used to be a uh, big time weightlifter or, you know, strongman type competitor, if you will. Um, and the toll it was taken on my body, it just got to the point where, you know, I wanted to still challenge myself, but it was really just beating me up. So I had done a Spartan race back in 2015. And so uh, I decided to go back to that and give that a shot. And so I went back, started changing, you know, the way that I worked out and uh, my body composition, you know, because you have to be lighter to be able to run and do things. So, you know, there was a little baptism by fire to get started. <laughs> um, but I got going on it and, you know, I really had a great time and uh, loved competing and, and loved getting out there doing that stuff. So, you know, it was, a, it was a place to start for me and take me on a journey which has really transformed and changed my life. I feel a lot better, you know, the way I can perform, the things that I can do. So I feel much more athletic. So that's, that's kind of where I got started. Awesome. And, and I know, I, you know, we've talked a lot in the past and I do know kind of how far you've come and all the different things you've, you've been able to do. But for you, I think a, a lot of people kind of find, found themselves in the same situation where you kind of went from one thing, found racing and really bought into it and loved it and kind of had to change a whole lot of stuff. So for you, was that an easy thing to do to, you know, you're used to training one way and now you kind of have to switch gears in order to be successful at these races. Yeah, it was a whole new thing. Um, and you and I have talked about this. I think for me, um, you know, when you're a strength training guy or you're just a, a strong man, it's, it's a simple deadlift in a sense, the move itself, not simple, but you just have to pick it up. Mm -hmm. So doing an obstacle, it's more than just being in shape. It's more than, you know, having some strength. It, it, it was able to point out to me some of the weaknesses I had, such as mobility and flexibility and things that I really needed to focus on and work on. And it, it not only changed me that way, but I realized like my squat or my deadlift, because of the poor form, all I was doing was strengthening a bad move. So it was huge in, in, in finding you and, and, and going down this road of learning about moving better. And, and not just being healthier overall with, let's say, and grabbing more cardio fitness in my life, but being able to get more mobility and being able to have more flexibility in my life. That's went a long way. It's probably been the most important thing in transitioning for me that has helped me the most be healthier. Absolutely. And, and again, you know, we've, I, I know we've talked about this a lot, but I want to kind of let our listeners in on some of the conversations we've had about, you know, like you said, and I think a lot of, of us have done this where we do a race and we find out real quick what our weaknesses were, whether we realized it or not. Maybe we thought we were a good runner and we go run one of these courses and we're just gassed in the first 10 minutes, or like you said, mobility. And I think that's a lot of people's issues right there. So was it, was it hard for you to kind of attack your weaknesses, even though you knew what the weakness was? Did you have a, did you struggle where you just kind of wanted to be like, ah, I'll, I'll kind of do it, but I, I like lifting and I want to keep working on my strengths or were you just all in like, I need to work on this and I'm going to do it. I needed to work on it, but you know, until I found you, I didn't know where to start. You know, uh, you and I have discussed this where I was doing what I feel to be very heavy deadlifts. You know, there were, you know, repping with, you know, 550 pound deadlifts, but yet it seemed like I didn't have grip strength. You know, I'd fall off of a lot of hanging obstacles and I couldn't understand why. I thought there's no way because, you know, you ask around as you're new to the sport and everybody says work on grip strength, this and that. And I'm thinking, 
I had grip strength. The problem was, you know, as I've consulted with you and learned so much from you was I wasn't putting my body in an athletic good position to be able to perform the tasks that, that were asked of me at the, at the obstacle course races. So I wanted to attack it. I just didn't know where to start. Uh, awesome. Yeah. And, and I, I love that you bring that up because that usually that's the first people, first thing people say, you want to train for a race, work on grip strength or run and grip strength and burpees. It's like, those are your kind of standard answers. And I'm not disagreeing with, with those, right? Obviously those are parts of the race, but it's knowing like, well, how do you do those things? And that's where obviously um, uh, having an expert come in and help you is a, is a fast, faster way to do it. Or you just figure it out and hopefully pick something up as you go. Right. Um, okay. I, so I, I'm really eager to hear about Jacksonville. So let's dive in. So first, uh, I guess let, let's just big picture. What, what was your overall experience? Did you think it went smoothly? Did you have fun? All that good stuff. You know, I had a great time and it really went smoothly. You know, when they came into town, I had went there in February and ran a, a super and a sprint. And then when they were coming back and then I learned, for instance, that, you know, they were going to do a DecaFit competition there. I just signed up for everything. I didn't know how I would hold up or how I would do, but I was just so excited to get back out there because, you know, we were, you've ran a virtual race and I've participated in it, but you know, it's just like you can practice all you want, but nothing beats the real deal. So I'm like, I'm going to go get as much as this, as much of this as I could. Um, I wasn't too concerned with, with the things that were going on. I think, in my opinion, they had taken enough steps to make it as safe as possible. In fact, being there, I felt that I had more room than I did in the average grocery store. I felt <laughs> that I felt safe for sure. I I was not crowded. It was amazing to see the corral, for instance, go from, you know, 250 people in a heat down to 24, for example. Mm -hmm. um, you know, a lot of the obstacles where you might have, you know, six lanes open up on the, um, um, the multi-rig down to three and, and so on and so forth. So, you know, for me, if anything, the flow was even faster. There was, you know, I, I thought we might see some holdups at obstacles. Not the case at all. I, I, I didn't have to wait for one single thing. Awesome. So, and what was the overall, like, I guess just atmosphere. So I know, you know, even just some people just kind of getting out for the first time, you, even if it's just you, you feel like anxiety, like even though everybody else might be, but, but like, what was that feel? Did you feel like everybody was just kind of in it together? Some still nervous? What was it like there? You know, it was uh, it's something I've shared with my wife. My wife couldn't go with me because they, you know, obviously didn't allow any spectators. I got home and I immediately missed it because from the minute we got past the medical tent, we got checked in, everybody was about working out. They were, they were anxious to get out there and compete. We were sharing ideas, sharing thoughts, sharing inspiration. Nobody talked about COVID. Nobody talked about the riots. Nobody talked about anything negative. It was nothing but, you know, uplifting, supportive stuff. And people were just desirous to get back and do what they love to do and, and be a part of this community, you know, of, of, of getting out there and working your butt off. And so it, it was such a, a positive vibe and a lot of positive energy. That's, awesome. It was really enjoyable. Awesome. Well, that's super good to hear. Uh, why don't, so walk us through what, like, okay, so what was yeah. it? So obviously no spectators um, at a festival area is going to be totally different. What, what was kind of the whole right. process, checking in, getting ready for the race? 
Well, I know the first day when we pulled up, when I pulled up on Friday, uh, the first event I had was the DecaFit, and my time was three o'clock. So I had got there early, and, and luckily, and I started to warm up and do my thing, and then some people were walking up to the up to the entrance. Well, there were people there checking phones. You had to show your start time, and people were being turned away because you know they were very strict about it only being thirty minutes prior. Mm-hmm. So that was the first step. And then you have, then once your time come in and you were able to get in the door, then it was straight to the medical tent where you were asked questions, your temperature was taken. Um, I know some people, you know, when we, when I stood up there Friday down here in Florida, it was uh, 90 something felt like over hundred. So there were some people whose temperatures were high and they kind of moved them aside to a different tent. Um, I didn't see anybody not allowed in the event. Uh, they were stepped aside, written, their temperature was retaken. Um, and then once you were cleared to go in, then it was go in. And, and the typical sign-up procedure, um, it was a little bit weird, you know, seeing the plastic hang down in front of the volunteer who's checking you in. Um, you know, they were very strict about one-way traffic this way if you were exiting, coming out a different way. So, you know, the sign-up process getting in there, that was, it was a little bit different, but it was, it was smooth. It went fast. So, Okay, perfect. And then is it um, – so – like bag checks the same, were there any differences there or pretty much business as normal? Yeah, there was no bag check. They did have okay. lockers. They did have lockers there for rent, you know, like they normally do. Um, I did not use those services, but uh, there were some people who did, you know, I, once I got in and got my bands on and everything, cause you know, you got your typical wristbands. Well, now they have a medical wristband that you're wearing. So if you do go out, you can come back in. So you know, again, being that my wife wasn't there, no spectator, I had to take my stuff back to my vehicle. So I walked okay. it back out. So yeah, uh, there was no bag check and, and there was no, uh, no changing tents, no, uh, no place to rinse off or anything. So it, it had a different look to it a little bit. Um, but there were still some vendors out there. Uh, I know there was a fit bar guy there. Um, so yeah, there, there was some people still there. Okay. All right. Awesome. So let's, well, you mentioned DecaFit. Let's start there. So um, what, I guess, let's start with if, if somebody hasn't heard of DecaFit yet, um, they probably have, but what, what's the whole process look like? How does that work? Well, there's, you know, there's 10 uh, work zones or training zones um, and they're preceded by a run. So this competition was outside and it was a one mile version. So, you know, we would start run a mile and when you looped around this, it was a round circular oval shaped track. And when you looped around, you'd go into zone one and perform whatever exercise or whatever routine you had to do at that point. Um, I think in zone one, for example, the first time, the first one is 30 reverse alternating, you know, lunges with the, with the ram roller. Complete that, you know, run around the track again, go to zone two, so on and so forth until you complete all 10 zones. Um, and then you're sprint to the finish line. Awesome. So you, you said start with a mile. Uh, so you run a mile and then a lap in between each obstacle. Is that how they did it? I'm sorry. No, the total was a mile. The, a so total? It was a okay, tenth, sorry. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sorry. The, so the total was a tenth of a mile around the course. Okay. Um, normally, I think normally they do them indoors in their 5Ks, you know, and you have your track. But in this case, they were doing it outside. And I think obviously limited with space and things. It was a one-mile total by each time you ran you went a tenth of a mile mile. gotcha okay yes Uh, yeah because i think originally it was 500 meter loops for 5k total after 10 perfect right okay right and then so how many would be going at once i was just kind of curious how they set that up 
You know, that was, and that's a tip I'll give anybody if they sign up. I don't know if they're going to continue to do them outside and even moving forward inside. There are a limited amount of, and we were all in an open class. So there's a limited amount of rowers, limited amount of bikes and things. So uh, Yancey Culp was actually there and he was the one, you know, starting us off. Well, for instance, my start time was three o'clock. I actually didn't start until around 335. And so the hard part about that is, you know, you try to warm up, you're on a limited schedule anyhow inside the venue, and now you're just standing in line. So, you know, be prepared for maybe a little bit of a wait um, because, you know, the people in front of you, they might be a little slower. Uh, it might take them a little longer, you know, for instance, to row 500 meters or the ski erg or the bike, it might take them a little longer. And since there's a limited amount and plus the cleaning, you know, every time a piece of equipment was used, here comes your volunteer and they had to disinfect and clean it. So it kind of bottlenecked in a way in that sense that we were just controlled at the start line. And so your start time was, was pushed way back. Gotcha. That makes sense. And I, I hope the volunteers are uh, rewarded appropriately oh. for having to, <laughs> to get out there and, and do that cleaning. And, and um, it's just, that's a lot of work. It was incredible because, like, again, it was over 100 degrees. They had to wear a mask, and they were working. I mean, people – I mean, obviously, with it being outside and us being that sun and that kind of temperature, you know, there's, there's sweat flinging everywhere. So these, mm -hmm. these poor volunteers are just – somebody gives off a piece of equipment, they're in there cleaning it, boom, boom, back and forth. So, yeah, I, I applaud them. Yeah, well, that's awesome. Um, so before we move on, what, what tips would you give somebody? Cause we have not really talked about, obviously the deck of it's new, um, hasn't really gotten a chance to, to get rolling yet, but just kind of off your first take, what, what kind of tips would you leave somebody, uh, thinking about signing up for one? Yeah. Um, I'm having a hard time hearing you for whatever reason, you know, for, can you hear me? Okay. Yep. Yep. Still hear you. Okay, good. So. For me, um, I loved it personally. It was, you know, in every place or every event you go to, there seems to be some way that, you know, maybe an event favors a runner or somebody with grip strength. I felt that DegaFit didn't do that. It was about overall fitness. You had to be good, you know, in a lot of areas. You have to be able to run, but yet uh, there's a couple heavy carries and then there's the the, the cardio portion of maybe doing a row or doing the bike ride and doing the, uh, the ski erg. So, you know, for I, the reason I enjoy it so much is it just, it taxed and tested every level of your fitness. Awesome. So it's something that we need to make sure you're training all those levels. So we're getting strong. We're able to carry stuff. We're, um, we're running still, but we're probably needing to be uh, efficient on some of these other things like the ski erg. If you haven't done that before, there's going to be a strategy to it and we need to practice it and, and get that technique down. Yes, absolutely. And, and, and you know, it, it's hard to, you, you just can't be specific in any one thing, I think is the way to put it. You know, I think one of the things in, in, in training for OCR races, you know, I was used to some farmer's carries. There were certain things I was used to, but there's also certain things that maybe I didn't spend as much time with that I now know, hey, you know, if I want to compete in these again, I need to work at this or that. And, and so, you know, just having a broad range of, of overall fitness across the board. Awesome. Awesome. So I, I'm looking forward to, to getting out and doing one, as I'm sure a lot of other people are. So uh, appreciate the, the kind of tips and, 
and the procedures with all of that. Uh, so you also that weekend, you did the trail and That's you did the, mm-hmm. the sprint as well. So I have to imagine, was the trail, I'm assuming pretty straightforward once you get through check-in and get out there, it's, you're just out on the trail running. Pretty straightforward, exactly. You know, yeah. the only thing I will add to that is the same as, you know, headed into the, the next point about the sprint is when you only have from the time the guy checks your phone to let you in, you go into the medical tent and then on to the, the registration process, you're really limited on warm up time. So I would advise anybody moving forward, especially if, the, if these uh, are going to continue, you know, these restrictions. You got to get there early enough out in the out in at least the parking area. You're probably going to have to do your warm up there. If you want to foam roll and get some dynamic movements in, that's the time to do it because once in there, you just don't have enough time. Yeah, I, I think that that's a uh, a great advice because um, if you're relying on that time once you get in there, which I think all of us do, um, mm-hmm. you you might have to rush out there and and just not have that chance to to get going. Right, right. You just um, didn't have the, and, and the corral flow. I mean, we were, you know, again, by the time we got in there, you get your bracelet on, you know, my start time was typically within 15 minutes. And so I'm going over to the start line and they're just, there was, you know, you know, a typical Spartan race, how, you know, you might have the announcer get kind of long winded or whatever. It wasn't the case here. It was, you know, a one minute speech and boom, every, every five minutes you're being released. So, okay. you know, they were getting us into the crowd and getting us out the door. So again, your warm up time, you know, arrive early, do it, you know, an hour before your start time because you're just not going to have a time once you get in the venue. All right, perfect. Um, and then let's let's talk about the sprint. So, um, I mean, right off the bat, were there any really main differences uh, that you noticed out there? No, you know, not at all. Again, you know, I didn't know what to expect. Um, I think the difference was they were releasing runners every five minutes instead of every 15. Okay. I thought for sure with, you know, limiting the lanes and stuff, there would be issues. I didn't have any issues whatsoever. Um, every obstacle was open and available. Um, so there was no, no problems there. Um, and they had, you know, they had done away with, you know, the dunk wall and they had done away with, you know, the sandbag carry. So those, those that we typically see at a Spartan event weren't there. Um, so yeah, but the, the flow was really, again, I was just surprised, you know, being there back in February and just had running both the super and the sprint, you know, things can get a little congested sometimes, um, but but this was much more open. It, it, there was not an issue at all. Awesome. At all. Yeah. Right, per- I mean, perfect. I mean, it sounds like they did a good job with everybody I talked to. So it's, it's just good to keep hearing that it, it's different. They're doing the best they can. And at least it's a race for those that are ready. And, and obviously not everybody wants to get out there yet, but there's many obviously that do. So having the chance to, to do something like this and, and uh, still you know, satisfy this part of us that, that we've all embraced here. So it's, it's really cool. Um, and I'm assuming no, no new obstacles, right? It was kind of just the standard. They just got rid of some of the ones where we're going right. underwater or sharing, sharing things. Yeah. And, uh, yeah there was nothing that. new. I didn't see anything new. I was, I was wondering if I was going to, but there was nothing new. Um, you know, just eliminating the ones that, you know, could be a problem, but, uh, yeah, nothing new. Okay. Was the spears throw still in there? It was, and okay. I got it this time. So, all right, <laughs> awesome, good, good. Always good to hear. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. Well, awesome. So, I, I I don't want to take up too much more of your time. I, I appreciate all of this. Uh, is there anything I missed, or you think we need to let our listeners know just about whether it's training, being prepared, um, kind of what to expect? Uh, anything we didn't go over that you think would be worth bringing up? 
You know, the one thing I, I will say, and, and this all boils down to how people are training right now. If you're planning on going to an event, you know, I, I'm pretty sure they're going to do West Virginia and, and uh, you know, and I don't know what after that is going to be on the schedule. But the one thing I think kind of surprised me a little bit was, even though I had done all the obstacles before, not training specifically for them, they all seem to be a little harder than I last remembered them, if that makes sense. I <laughs> mean, you know, I, I, I'm running with a bucket and I went, I, this wasn't this hard before. And so I would say just, you know, when you're doing your training, when you're having an event coming up, you know, train specifically, especially in some of those areas that you may be weak in, you know, because um, they, they, they just seemed harder. Uh, they weren't that hard before, you know, whether it was Bender or, you know, whatever. I thought, boy, this wasn't as hard as it was before. So just, you know, training specifically for that event, adding some of that in, you know, to your training to make sure that you, you're sports specific with it when the time for race comes. Yeah, I, I think that's a great point. And, and a nice reminder that be realistic with your expectations too, that you, if it's been a while since your last race, which most likely it has, and maybe you haven't been training the same way you once were, you won't just automatically be exactly where you left off. We didn't hit pause and everything. Even if you're doing some training, if it's not the same, which I know a lot of people have been, you know, not able to push as hard as they like or not get access to all the gyms and equipment that they, they once had. So just keep that in mind as you, uh, you do start to race again that, yeah, it's, it's not exactly where you left off and be ready for that. Right. Right. And, and then the other thing I would say is anybody, if anybody is hesitant to, to it because of, you know, the COVID, I have to again stress, it was well organized. I had plenty of room and there were, there were hand sanitizers everywhere. All the volunteers and staff were a face covering. Things were being cleaned. Um, it, it's probably the, the cleanest uh, Spartan race I've ever been to. So, you know, uh, if, that's, if that's leaving anybody hesitant, don't let that be the thing. I mean, again, I felt more comfortable there than I did in my local town going to the grocery store or any other place. So, you know, don't let that stop you. Awesome. Awesome. Well, good to hear. Well, well, James, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it and, and just helping our, our listeners out and we're excited to, to hopefully all get back to it in the near future. All right. Great. Thank you for your time. All right. Well, that is episode 72 of the OCR underground show. Uh, if you want to check out the show notes for any of the links mentioned in the show, remember head on over to OCRunderground.com slash episode dash 72. Uh, again, want to thank our sponsors. Make sure you check out all of their great products. Again, you'll find them in the show notes for uh, Fitbar Strong and Venga CBD. And uh, again, check out the show notes to find the virtual race replay if you are looking for something to kind of push you and motivate you right now. And then, of course, a big thanks to our guest, SJX coach James Bailey, for talking about the Jacksonville weekend and giving a little bit of a recap and some of his tips for moving forward. Forward if you are going to be racing this year or whenever you might be jumping back into your next race. Uh, now, hey, if you're looking for some help with your training right now, uh, definitely check out the two-week free Jumpstart, pre, uh, Jumpstart program that is on my website. Um, and again, you can uh, just fill in your info and I'll send that to you. I'll put a link in the show notes as well. Uh, that's it for now. And we will be back soon with another great episode for you. Until then, keep training smarter.